Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's going down. All right, welcome, welcome back to Three Point Stance Season 2, Episode 7. We're going to talk about the NFC East, the Giants stunning the Packers in England, Matt Rule getting fired in Carolina, wondering if Baker's the problem. We're going to go over our week five picks, uh, go through our week six picks, and we actually have a special guest joining the show this week, uh, former Bengals quarterback, former number one draft pick, Akili Smith. So we got a lot of cool stuff to uh, to get into today. Uh, Sean is actually on the road. He was uh, doing some business down there in the Texas area. So we got him, um, you know, traveling. So he's going to join us from the car. Um, looks like Achilles having some camera issues. His camera is not on. Um, so we're going to be getting everything cracking, man. It was a nice week of football. It was beautiful, except for the Bengals. Except for the Bengals. That was the biggest problem. But uh, so, yeah, man, like, like we were kind of saying, coming in, lots, lots of stuff popping off this week, man. We, I, I said last week, I said last week, I thought it was going to be Matt Rule, but uh, we got our guest here. I'm going to bring him in first, man. We got Akili Smith. Akili, how's it going, man? What's going on? How you guys doing? Man, we're doing good. Hey, man, I'm doing good. I don't know if you can see the backdrop behind me or not, but I'm a big Bengals fan. Oh, that's all good, baby. Appreciate the support. You were actually the very first NFL jersey I ever had in my life when I was a kid. Oh, right on, man. That's that's big and legendary for me. You know, my career didn't go the way that I wanted it to go, but um, it was definitely a blessing and great opportunity for me and my family and the community I grew up in. Absolutely, man. So I, I appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, but, you know, kind of like I was saying uh, to, to Sean, it's – it's uh, it's kind of cool to get a chance to talk to you, actually, because as as a big of a Bengals fan as I am, you know, I'm, I'm 30. So I was kind of coming up in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. And and people call that kind of the the dark times for the Bengals because, you know, right. things didn't yeah. go very good and and organizationally. So so being a part of that, you know, being a part of the times where they said that they were super cheap and all that, was it was it as bad as it gets discussed about? Is it, was it really that rough in Cincinnati? Man, you know, talking to Willie and some of the guys on our group text, I'm starting to get some other secrets about the organization that I had uh, no idea what was going on. Like, when we talk about the organization being the worst organization in the NFL, um, we're not we're not lying about that. Like, the Bengals was number one. And, you know, some guys are, are still a little bit upset with Marvin Lewis. But in my opinion, Marvin Lewis is the head coach that took the Bengals out of the dark age, right? I mean, we got head coaches that was on the field calling plays, smoking cigarettes. They throwing used jock straps in the middle of the field. Half the time, they didn't want to beat us. We didn't get no per diem when we go into West Coast games. Like, it was it was pretty bad. So when you hear those type of stories back then, yeah, those stories are true. And, it, it, you know, you can see now, I'm, I'm sure you still follow along with them, you know, uh, you know, now that your career's over, but you can see now they've made big strides. And, and I've always credited Marvin Lewis with that. I was the kind of guy that towards the end of the Marvin Lewis tenure, I was I was ready for him to go. But I was very appreciative of what he brought because I right. feel like he brought structure and culture and right. he demanded things of ownership, um, you know, in order to 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 keep the team together. 
and you know it's it's really funny just because you know they've they, they've started spending money in free agency you see that they're modernizing they're they're naming off their stadium there's all these things that they've done but to get a, a first person perspective of, of how things were in the 90s is actually really cool for me because i'm on bingles twitter in the trenches every day and i take all the all the shit from all the other fan bases and I, I like to get the perspective of somebody who actually lived it because i was i was pretty young back then so I, I i didn't really i was just watching football to watch football i didn't understand organizational structure i didn't understand salary caps and all that stuff and I remember like Jonathan Joseph left and said that, you know, yeah. they could only take one Gatorade per day. And like, it was really like that. It, it was bad to a point where I was just talking to CD about this two weeks ago. We was in training camp in Georgetown. Darnay Scott gets hurt. We're waiting to see if they're going to bring in another receiver. They didn't bring in anybody, right? So to start the season, we go Peter Warwick at C, he was a rookie. Ron Dugans at X, he was a rookie. Craig Yeast was playing the slot. It was his second year. Damon Griffin was my receiver from Oregon, his second year. I was at quarterback my second year. Corey Dillon was in the backfield. I think he was like five or six years deep. So essentially, we was a rookie team or second year rookie team out there on the field trying to compete with the big boys. And that's when we had to play Baltimore and Jacksonville with big Tony Brackets and all those type of guys. So when you when you start hearing cheap, yeah, the organization was cheap to a point where we didn't even have enough money to bring in a receiver, a veteran receiver, to replace Darnay Scott. Man, that's that's that's, that's crazy. That's crazy because I remember just like with the Gatorade, Marvin Lewis was on that one Gatorade, taking out the locker room because guys like Rudy, TJ would take a bag full of uh, Gatorades, me, myself, everybody with me is free. Right. Nothing against Mr. Brown. You know, they turn anything, they turn anything. I commend them for all that, though. You know what I mean? On, yeah. Uh, on, on that standpoint. But no on, on another note, on another note, not just about the Bengals, but just about the NFL, you being a quarterback, what do you think about the situation, Cooper Rush and the Dak Prescott, if that was you in that situation? Ooh, hey, that, that that's a tough one, man, because I'm looking at it, and it's like it goes to show you that you don't need all these different plays out there to be successful on the NFL field when you got a good defense, right? So you're essentially just trying to manage the game. And the one thing I think I'm seeing with Dak Prescott is they're trying to throw the ball too much so that they can lead the league in passing. You know, because he's always up around 4,000 as opposed to keeping it simple, running the ball. You got a couple playmakers outside, get the tight end, lean on all three phases. So I'm curious to see what he's going to do at the quarterback position. Now, in my opinion, they're going to let Dak come back. But if Dak doesn't play well, there's going to be some drama in Dallas. You know, Jerry likes drama, too. He likes that. He's a businessman. He's a showman. <laughs> he, he, he likes that. Yep. That's why he came out and said, he's like, well, I hope there's a quarterback controversy here in a few weeks. You knew, I mean, you knew he, he, he loves that. So yeah, man, I, I was, <clears throat> I was down on Cooper rush. I called him, I called him Walmart Carson Wentz there for a minute, but he's winning games. He's winning games and you can't deny that, you know, and, and again, they're keeping it very simple for him. He's got a playmaker outside. If you stack the box, he's going to lamb. If they take away lamb, he's got his tight end. They keep it real simple for him so he can go out there and execute. They're trusting all three phases. And, man, I haven't seen a defense like that in a long time, man. Like, they're getting after it. 
you know, that front seven. Yeah, that defense is so crazy. We'll see what they can do. Yeah. Dan Quinn nice. is cooking down there. Yeah, Dan Quinn is nice, man. He should be a head coach real soon with the way that he's got them boys flying around. So we'll see if he gets his opportunity um, next year. See, I think he will, but that's actually a good question to ask you too with your experience because, I mean, you know, the league has obviously changed a lot since you were you were in the league, but you see a lot of the offensive coaches now, right? A lot of the hires are are offensive-minded guys, and, and a thought that I've always had on that is I think that's better for teams to hire an offensive guy than it is a defensive guy just for the fact that if their offensive if, – if you hire a defensive guy, for example, Robert Saleh in New York, and your offense starts going crazy – you can lose that offensive coordinator and you have to bring in a whole new system, something like that. But if the offensive guy's there, even if the offensive coordinator leaves, it's still his system and it's still got his handprints all over it. Yeah, no question. And, you know, for me, being from San Diego, I am a Charger fan. So in that scenario, I would like to see him pair it correctly, right? Because we have the offense with Justin Herbert and some of the, the weapons that we have. Defensively, we are getting better. We're not the worst rush defense in the league. But if you put a Quinn with the Chargers as the head coach to go along with what we got on offense, that will be a match made in heaven. So you got to be able to pair correctly in the NFL. So you're saying like a Dan Quinn, a Dan Quinn and Brandon Staley combo. No, no, no. I'm saying if Staley continues to go for it on fourth down and do some of the foolishness that he did, like a against the Cleveland Browns and costing his games against KC. He can go ahead and get his walking papers and you bring in a Quinn to sure up the defensive side of the ball and you punt the ball on fourth and two and you lean on your defense and you kick a field goal when the ball is on the seven yards so we can get our three points, right? I'm looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, that perspective. Brandon Staley got the coach decisions I've ever seen. What did you say, Sean? True. No, nah, I said, no, nah, I, I I believe you. you. You said everything right. It, I mean, a guy like Quinn, you should, you should, a guy like Quinn could change it around. But even with the Chargers, they run defense sucks. Even though I got a client, yeah. Brendan Fajoko on there. He should be playing, yeah. but he doesn't play active right now. That's another story. But they have, they brought in all that talent. And everybody was talking about, oh, man, Denver, the Chargers, they're going to give my Chiefs a hard time. And look what's happening. Even the Raiders, you're looking at it. There's a lot of poor coaching going on around the NFL, period. Yeah, there is, man. With the Bengals, man, I'm watching Sunday Night Football. We're playing Baltimore. We get the ball to the two-yard line. Joe Mixon's finally having a game. You know, he's finally got something going. Ooh, you guys breaking and up. we run a damn Philly special. We ran a damn you Philly special from up, the two-yard line and lost 15. Yeah, you, you you can't do that. That's that's just poor coaching. Why would you why would you run a Philly special on the in the goal line situation? Bro, the league's over it. All right. right. People and know even, the Philly. Even, even if you look at even if you look at last year when we played the Chiefs last year in LA, there were several times when if we would have just kicked the field goal, I think we might have been up maybe 18 to 19 points or something like that. Don't quote me on that. Um, I would have to go back and look at the <laughs> tape and see what happened. <laughs> But he continued, he continued to go for it over and over and over again. And I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to show the player, I'm trusting in you. You got to get the first down, blah, blah, blah. Every player is going to want to go for it. But you got to look at the greats like Bill Belichick. What would he have done? Uh, Belichick is kicking the field goal. 
we got to get this three and then kick the ball out and trust all three phases. You know, so that's what my issues are with the analytics and this young coach that we have with the Chargers. And that's where I'm at, too, because I'm a young dude, right? I'm 30, but I'm, I feel like I'm old school because I think analytics has a place in football. I think analytics can be used for good things, but I think it's taking over the game. Sometimes you got to get a feel of the damn football game, and that's not uh, – you can't find that on a spreadsheet. You can't find that in a book. What does this game feel yeah. like? What is the feeling of the game I'm going to be in right here? And I feel like everybody's just looking at these analytics and letting that dictate everything, and I think that, that that's bad for the game and it's bad for these teams, and that's why coaches – get fired. Cliff Kingsbury's getting exposed in, in Arizona. He's about to get fired. All of these young Wiz yeah, kids, that Taylor can't get an offense going in Cincinnati with all the talent in the world. So these young analytic coaches are, are struggling because I think they're relying too much on what data tells them instead of what they're looking at from the sideline. Yeah, you hit on the nose. You can tell if the left side of the offensive line is getting some push or the right side of the offensive line is getting some push or do I need to run some type of down scheme or do I need to run some type of play action? The heck with the analytics and what it says. You got to be able to look on the sideline and see exactly what's going on out there. And then you got to be able to go to the sideline and talk to the people that's out there. Like, how do you guys feel about running power on fourth and one? Or can we get some push on this three technique if we run ISO? And a lot of that stuff is not happening. They're just looking at a sheet, looking at analytics. I just call, looking at me, man, this young coach is getting us in trouble. That's it. That's it, bro. Yeah, you, That's you, can't, you can't do that. I'm, I'm, you can't I'm just, do that I'm getting tired of seeing it. Nah, you can't do that. Uh-oh. You can't do that. You can't. You can't do that because once you do that, you, you lose the game like that. And then once you start doing that, you start losing your players. Because what's next? You're going to start losing right. the locker room, right? You're going to start losing the locker yep. room. And what, what happens when yep. that happens? Because you got guys that's worried about free agency. That's going to be free agents. You got guys like yep. that. I want to get traded out of here. Oh, I'm just trying to get through the season to be healthy so I can get my bonus. You know what I mean? You I ain't tripping. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just yep. there's so much turmoil yep. that's going to go on right now. Because I'm, I guarantee you, this is week six we're going into right now. By week nine, you know if your team is making the playoffs. So you already know pretty much. Week nine, week ten, if your team ain't making the playoffs, you shipping your cars back to whatever, Florida, wherever you stay at in the offseason. <laughs> and you preparing already for you, – you're preparing. Yeah, you know I mean? that's just, the truth. Just just for that. And, and on, on, on that note, I got to throw a plug in on my line real quick. You know, SBC services, we ship cars and all of that. You know, we go, we, go, we get players. Everybody, we get everybody right. You know, I got, hey, promo, baby. You got to get it in when I can get it in. That was smooth yeah, as hell. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I got to talk to you about that offline. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I, we ship cars for players and everything. I got a whole uh, concierge service with my uh, brother. So we, nice. we, we, do, we, do, we do a little something, you know what I mean, get guys the cars. Whether moving, relocating, it's a little bit of everything. And speaking nice. about that, speaking about that, tell us what you're doing now that you're not even in the NFL no more. I know you're coaching, but what level are you coaching and what you got going? Yeah, it's just Operation Football for me, man. I got about, you know, 23, 24 quarterbacks in collegiate football. Uh, work with Anthony Brown, who's playing um, with the Ravens right now. And then I'm coaching my son, high school football right now as well you know like i tell you all the time like on the group text shot when we're talking i definitely want to get to the collegiate level but man my son is 6'6 200 pounds he's only a sophomore i'm blessed things are going good i want to see him off to college and then i can go do achilles smith after that 
All right, yeah, make sure you do that when you go off to college, you know, with that NIL and all that, too. You know, I'm going to plug that, too. I work with an agency, Team Sports Agency, you know, so you go ahead and let me represent him, but also let me get them plug on some of them kids you got working that you're working with, man, straight up. But we're going to talk about a little bit of that more offline, too, though. Okay, okay, me? yeah, yep, yep. We got some kids. He's got his man, damn Ray, hands and everything. Yeah, yeah, I work with Ray Leonard, man. Ray Leonard has uh, Addison right now, the number one receiver, one of Blitnikoff at USC. He's looking for some NIL. And I got some other guys, too, in the SEC. So let's talk about that offline. No yeah, question. Yeah, most, most definitely. We're going to tap in and do some other stuff. You know what I mean? But, I mean, all that. But another thing, too, though, with, with all this going on, like, what is one of the biggest things you missed that you're not in the NFL no more, though? Man, to be, I'm going to tell you the God honest truth, man. Just sitting in the locker room and just being with the guys, man. That's, that stuff was priceless, man. When you're showing up to work, although we wasn't winning, but when you're showing up to work and you're just sitting in your locker and the guys is down there chilling and you you might be playing Madden and you're going to the meetings and all that good stuff. Gotcha. It's just so basically it's, it's like the group chat. Like that's why the group chat is so valid. Exactly. There you go. That's why the group chat is so turned up because it's essentially us sitting in our lockers shooting the SHIT, just talking before we got to go out there to practice. I I miss that. I don't know what I would do without that and without football and. You know, there's some people that took their own life because football was over with, and there's some other people that feel that way. So that's what I miss the most. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, that seems like, I mean, obviously I've, I've never been a part of that. I'm just a regular dude in Ohio. But talking to Sean and talking to other players that have, that have come on here is the the real camar- the camaraderie and the, the connection you feel in the locker room is what everybody says that they miss or yeah. it's their favorite part of football. It's like – it's not even the money. It's not even the cars. It's not even that. It's just it's the brotherhood and, you know, always yeah. feeling like somebody has your back. Now, speaking about locker rooms, how how was the locker room in your time in Cincinnati when things weren't going good? Was it was it like did you guys rally around that or was it was it tough? Because I know there was a lot of you know, Corey Dillon's time in Cincinnati didn't end super well. There was a lot of dysfunction there. Was it was was it did that stuff bleed into the locker room or was everybody able to kind of tune that out and just do the thing? You know, some days were better than others, and then some days it, it was rough. You know, I'm not gonna lie about that. You know, especially when you start stacking losses on on top of losses and on top of losses. But the sad thing about it is you'll start to get some guys that become real selfish because they feel like all they're worried about is doing their job. They'll go play the game, take the shot on their lead. And then you got some guys that sit around and really talk about the situation on how we can get it fixed. You know, but outside of that, you know, I did my best to try to maintain because that's what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to be a pro. Um, but some days it was rough and other days it was it was okay. So you didn't have no Draymond Green situations going on? In nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was hey, it wasn't none of that going on. I, we did have one fight in, in, in Georgetown, big OG and Renard Wilson. Boy, when I say some furniture was moving, them big boys was in there tussling. You know, I, so heard, about that. Was involved. I heard about if that. If Wilson was I involved, heard. I bet it was. Hey, Bernard Wilson is one of the strongest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like, he was the old man farmer cow tipping strength. And he was tossing <laughs> OG around. <laughs> hey, he was tossing OG around. I couldn't believe what I was looking at, but... That was the only time that I that we ever seen some fist of cuffs or some type of uh wrestling in a locker room. <laughs> got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you, man. Well, we ain't wanna hold up too much more of your time. Drew, you got any more questions from him or anything? We're gonna let you go. I just I appreciate you even jumping in, you know, your business schedule just to, you know, support 
the podcast and everything. Let yeah. Know. Want to have you on later on in the season too, especially when playoffs get to talk some real ball because of your knowledge and with the QB situation. And I want to, uh, what's the name? But before I do let you go, tell me your top five quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Uh-oh. Oh, top five. Let me see. You got You got to start with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Love Lamar Jackson, just what he can do with his throwing and running. And God dang it, who am I missing, man? Uh, Come on, man. He's got stripes on his helmet. I'm gonna help you out. I love I love Joe Burrow as well. I can't knock Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow, but I'm missing somebody in the NFC. I just I can't think Jalen of the top of my head. You missing I like Jalen Hurts. I like what Jalen Hurts is doing right now. He's undefeated. He's throwing that forward pass pretty good. He's proving a lot of people wrong. So I like him as well. Got you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate them takes, man. Yeah, right on, man. And then you guys, um, later on in the season, as we get, you know, closer to the playoffs or whatever, please call me, man. I'm always willing to jump on there and talk football and talk life. You know, oh, I don't have no issues with that. No, nah, most definitely. You know how I be in the chat with it. I be trying to tell these boys that they, they think my production team is not good and all that. You know what I mean? Talking that little shit. You know what I mean? Everybody's busy. I get that. But, you know, hey, I try to try to chime in. You know, I record We record the show every Wednesday and drop it every Thursday morning. You know what I mean? For Thursday night. Beautiful. Yeah, so, and I'm, I'll help you push it, man, because the boys, they got to start getting on there. We got to start supporting one another like we're talking about on the group chat. So I'll definitely let yep. them know it's going down. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Okay. All right, guys. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. Keely, it's a pleasure pleasure to meet you on here, man. This was a cool moment for me as a Bengals fan, so we appreciate you. I look forward to you uh, coming back on later in the season, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Yes, sir. Good conversation, right, man. That was that was cool. Oh, man, I tell you, man, I'm going to take care of you, man. What I tell you? I got you, man. We locked in. I got another thing, though, to, to move on to another segment of the show. Let's get into these picks, and then we can kind of wrap up everything else and head into week six. Let's talk. Let's talk about last week. You said you were going to cut your lead on me to three, right? Yeah, man. What I, what I do? I know I did good. I know I did good. My picks was good. I'm bringing up. I'm going to bring up the graphic. Well, at least here my parlay was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring up our uh, our graphic here with with the picks. So. Last week you went ten and six. I went eleven and five. I picked up another game on the season. Uh, On the season, so let's see. Um, You went Colts. I went Denver. You got me there. Uh, We both went Packers. We both lost that. We both went Bills. Uh, You picked up the Chargers and the Browns on me. I picked Cleveland. They lost. We both picked the Vikings. They won. We both picked the Lions. They lost. You picked the Seahawks. I picked the Saints. I got that one on you. Um, Both went with the Jets. They both won. You picked the Falcons. I picked the Bucks. Bucks got the win there, so I picked that game up. Uh, We both picked the Titans. They won. You went with the Jags. I went with the Texans. I got that win. Uh, we both went Niners. You went Rams. I went Dallas. I got the Cooper Cush. Got the win on us there. Uh, we both went Eagles. They won. You went Ravens. They won. I went Bengals. Of course, they lost. And we both went Chiefs. Gotcha. So the game, the, the lead has grown from six games to seven games this week. 
I'll get it back this week. Let's go. Let's get these picks. Who we got? Oh. Pull that schedule up. Pull that schedule up. I got to get back in the running, baby. Let me see what we got. So I, I, I'm just saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling away a little bit on you. Let me get this schedule pulled up. We can see what's what exactly is going on for this week. I'm going to write them down so I can tally everything up. We got a – Meanwhile, while he's tallying, once again, shout out to Cookie Society, one of my sponsors. Also, shout out to Everman Water, one of the sponsors for three-point stands. You know, so we just we steady moving and moving up the ranks and trying to do some big things with this podcast. Yes, sir. So I got to put up. Let's get it started. Thursday night football in Chicago, Washington taking on the Bears. I'm going Washington. Even after Ron Rivera shit on Carson Wentz like that, did you see that? They yep. said, "Why are the teams in the NFC is better than you?" And Ron Rivera said, "Quarterback." <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still going, I'm still going with Washington. I'm going with the Bears. I, I think Justin Fields is going to get him one at home under the lights tomorrow night on Amazon Prime. Then we got 49ers and Falcons in Atlanta. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. I might go 49ers. Yeah, I'm going Niners, man. You keep trying to make this Falcons thing happen, but it's it's just not. They're not going. They're not going to beat the Niners. The, the Niners are too good. And then in Cleveland, the Patriots and the Browns. I don't know if Brian Hoyer or Matt Jones will be back or not, or if it's going to be Bailey Zappi. Um, but I am going to go with New England because Bill Belichick will take away the thing that you do best every time. Yeah, I'm Nick going Chubb back. is not. I go back. Nick Chubb is not going to get off on Bill Belichick's defense. He's going to take away what they do best, put it in Brissett's hands. I don't think Brissett does it. Uh, then we got Jets and Packers in Green Bay. I think we both are probably going to go the same. I'm going with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be mad about what the uh, the Giants did to him, so he's going to take that shit out on the state of New York and put a hurting on the Jets is what I think is going to happen. Looks like we lost Sean. Are you back? I'm here. I'm there. Okay. Yeah, so I went with the Packers over the Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off at New York and put it back on the city by taking on the Jets. Oh, no, I'm going to go Jets. No, you're not. Really? I'm going to go Jets. You go Jets. Ooh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Okay. And then after that, we got... Jaguars coming to Indy to play the Colts. I'm going Jags. I am also going Jags on that one. I don't – I just don't get the Colts. Uh, and then we got Vikings-Dolphins. Uh, it is not going to be Teddy Bridgewater starting. Mike McDaniel came out today and said it is going to be – I don't even remember the dude's name. Stevenson, I think. Um, they are scared to death to play anybody after a concussion now. So I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah, I, I'm with you too. I go with Vikings. I just yeah, I, I can't see Stevenson getting it done after they just gave up a forty burger to the Jets last week. And then down in New Orleans, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase going back to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Sounds like Mike Thomas is gonna play. Sounds like Chris Olave might not. Bengals. There we go. We're on the same side. You know I'm never gonna pick against them. Um 
This is actually a quietly good game that we got next. It is in New York. It's the Ravens and the Giants. Mm, Ravens, Giants. That's Ryan Davis got them boys going. That's gonna be a good. That's gonna be a good game. I think the Giants. I think the Giants will find a way to fuck it up though. So I'm going Baltimore. Okay. And then we got Tampa Bay going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Tom Brady, the GOAT, taking on Kenny Pickett. I'm going with the Bucks. Pittsburgh is terrible. They can't throw. They don't have T.J. Watt. Kenny Pickett did try to fight a dude from Buffalo. I thought that was yep. cool. But they suck. So I'm going Bucks. Nah, you're right So you going Bucks also? Yep. All right. And then we got Panthers, Rams, fresh off firing Matt Rule, which I called last week, actually, on the show. Um, that's in L.A. I don't think it matters. I got the Rams. I'm going Panthers. They go win one for the new coach. The oh, they're going to ride right for right Steve now. Wilkes, huh? Rams are in the shithole right now. It's not good out there. That Super Bowl hangover is messing with both teams, it looks like. All right. And then we got a divisional matchup. Cardinals, Seahawks in Seattle. I'm going to go Seattle because it's at home. That is exactly why I'm going with them, actually. Um, and Kyler Murray might come with a purple suit this week instead of that ugly-ass green suit he had on looking like Shaggy <laughs> from Scooby-Doo last fucking week. Okay, and that's another thing, y'all. That's that's another thing. We 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 about to bring a segment, a dress code segment of fashion on the three point stance because I'm a big fella and I ask and dress like wear my suit or whatever. If you can wear jeans and a t shirt, got a little better than. Come on, Kyler Murray paid. He paid somebody at least a thousand dollars or more for that ugly ass Gumby looking suit he had on. I wish we could pull the fucking graphic up right now. This is show everything. Like this shit is like, come on. <laughs> I wasn't prepared, or I would have pulled it up. I didn't. I didn't know we were going. I didn't know we were going into fashion segments this week. But it wasn't pretty. Oh, I man, we're gonna do, next, week, next week, next week, we, next week, we're gonna have a segment, the fashion police segment, man. I gotta come up with a better title, but we're gonna have a statement about this fashion going on because this shit is hideous. I like it. You have to send me pictures. I'll put together a little video so we can go through it. Um, so we're both going to Seattle there. Here's a big one, a big, big, big game. I cannot wait to watch the Buffalo Bills are going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. I think I know where you're going. I mean, what kind of question? I don't even know why you're asking me that. Yeah, we know you're going Chiefs. Well, actually, I'm going Bills. Actually, actually that's going to be a good game, but I'm going to tell you, I'm picking the Chiefs. I know you're probably going to go to Bills because you like Josh Allen, which is cool because he's a dog. I'm cool with that. But I'm going to tell you the game of the week. The game of the week is Sunday night, the Eagles and the Cowgirls. That is actually, yeah, that is Sunday night football. That was the next one up on the schedule. So where are you going with that? That is going to be a good game. I'm going with the Eagles. See, I am too. I... I believe in what is going on in Dallas more than I have all year. Um, 
you know, Achille was talking about Dan Quinn and we were talking about the defense. I think they're great, but some, Philly's just got it, man. Something about Philly this year. I just can't I can't bet against them. I think Philly wins that one. And then we're going to close the week out. Uh, Monday night football in L.A., the Chargers and the Broncos. I'm going Chargers. I am going Chargers as well, man. I I think Russell Wilson is cooked. I, I don't know what it is. I think he's I think he's cooked. Uh you know what it is, Sierra. And like Shannon Kyle said, he's an L seven. You can't make him into something that he's not. Okay? Think about it. He left an organization and choked when it was time to play that organization. Granted, you won a Super Bowl, but Russ has not been the same since he's thrown that interception in the second Super Bowl. He has not. He's more worrying about being the face of 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 of, of TV and all his other stuff, being a happily family man, which is cool. Granted, nothing wrong with that. But, man, if the guys in the locker room don't respect you, they're not going to play with you or, or hang with you or even listen to anything. So you, look at the body language when he missed a wide-open touchdown. I forgot who the receiver was, number one. And he threw his helmet and everything. That showed his frustration. Quarterback can't get you the ball. Yeah, I think that it, for some reason it worked better in Seattle. But when you come into a new locker room, you know he never played with these guys. A lot of the guys in Seattle came after Russ, you know, so they they kind of adapted. But he went to a new locker room with dudes that have been there, and I just think he's fake as hell. And I think people see through it. I know we do, but I think players are starting to see through it. It's different when it was always Seattle was always Russ's team, and then somebody else would come in. You know, the guys would come into Russ's world. He's going into somebody else's world, and I just don't think it's landed. Yeah, but that's what that's the thing, though. I don't even think Seattle was Russ's team. That's Pete's team <laughs> at the end of the day because guess what? Remember, Pete was on a fence. They had to make a decision. The organization had to make a decision. Keep Pete or keep Russ. And look what they did. Traded Russ and still might fire Pete ass. <laughs> so, and clean house and rebuild. When you look at the whole Pete's roster they make, you know what I mean? Pete's too old for a rebuild. Pete ain't feeling any rebuilds. So no, that's they, why I said he might resign or he's going to get fired. But doesn't it seem like they picked, right now. they picked Russ over – or they picked Pete over Russ, though. Yeah, but that's temporarily. You picked – you know what I mean? Because also you didn't want to pay Russ either. So we get rid of his ass, Pim. Right, Gino's Gino's doing okay, but he's not your starting quarterback. So guess what? We're gonna go draft a starting quarterback and keep Gino there to mold him and be the backup the next year. And know we know what you can do. Your time has run your course, and that's it. That's fair. That's fair. I think that's that's a completely fair statement, and that's probably what's gonna go down out there. But man, I just I, I the I feel like Russ got away with a lot of shit when he was winning, right? But like. Now all the corny stuff people are starting to point it out, like you know, Mister Unlimited and and no, the, damn, the subway thing, where he's like, "You ever done anything dangerous?" Like, come on. Man. But but guess what though, when you're winning, a lot of shit gets covered up. The minute you oh start yeah, losing, no doubt. Everybody's pointing the finger. You start seeing everything. You start seeing what what really what your team is. You know what I mean? Now you want to talk about yeah, a team? I'm gonna tell you about a great team. Is this agency in Dallas? Well, really, Frisco is called Team Sports Agency. It's one of the best teams out right now, right? We have yeah, an old man. I have an old man on the staff. 
He's an old, he's an old, 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 old man. But he's one of the second longest tenant agents in the game right now, man. I, and I've been learning a lot from him and uh, my partner, Matt, also Duke. It's my whole team, my brother. Uh, we, we got a nice squad going on. So we, <laughs> and we got a whole, we got a whole squad that's just about to, everything's about to just, just change, uh, change the game up, man. So I'm pretty excited about that. You know what I mean? It sounds like you got some good stuff cooking down there, man. Man, I got some good stuff cooking, man. And I got the old man in the back, man. I got to say his name, Scott. I'm not going to say his last name. It's a secret to everybody, all right? It's a.k.a. El Guapo. El Guapo is the man. You know what I mean? El Guapo is the man. But, nah, on another note, man, another great show, great guest. Appreciate all the future listeners and everybody that tune into the show. Keep spreading the word for us, man, as, as we continue to grow. Absolutely, man. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter one this week. Sean's traveling. He's putting work in. He's, he's you know, working on changing the game like he just talked about. So we'll, we'll be back probably a little bit more regular next week, um, you know, with a little bit more of a regular show. Be safe on the road, man. I know you got a, a car full of people out there. So switch off driving and shit. Don't be falling asleep at the wheel. I don't know who's – are you driving? Nah, You've been driving this nah, whole time? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not driving. Matt's driving. And the crazy part is about it, we're about to be home in about 30 minutes. And we don't went all the way from Dallas to San Antonio, back to the DFW, and had meetings and had a great productive day. That's what teamwork is well, about. I'm I'm glad glad to hear it, man. So go home, you know, see the family, get everything straight. I'll uh I'll be back on here next week, hopefully talking about the Bengals beating the shit out of the Saints and feeling a little bit more positive because this week was rough. So thank you for tuning in. Three point stance, Sean Smith. Me, Drew Garrison. Shout out to Akili Smith. Big shout out to him for taking time out of his night to come on and talk football with us. We will see you all next week. It's going down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.